In Jesus' name, amen. Well, it's kind of hard to believe that Christmas is only a little over a week away, isn't it? Uh, Next week at this time, we'll be gathering together for worship, but then there's also Monday, Christmas Eve, Tuesday, Christmas Day. Uh, Christmas is almost here. And I I usually find that this kind of home stretch before Christmas is a a special time of year. In many ways, it is the season of peace. And I hope that you've experienced that. Uh, I know I have. I I got to experience it a little bit last night. Uh, Sat down at the end of a, a long day. I had this big mug of hot cocoa that was warmed to the exact perfect temperature the, the perfect amount of whipped cream with all the right marshmallows and candy canes. And I sat there surrounded by uh, family and friends who loved me and got along. I was looking at the tree uh, where the, the lights were perfectly strung, the ornaments beautifully hung. And of course, there were all the presents, which for the first time ever, I've bought all my presents, wrapped all the presents. They are all paid for. The Christmas cards We're out to the door, and we just sat there as a family reflecting on the real meaning of the season, reading the Christmas story. Our lives were filled with peace, and I know many of you have probably experienced a whole lot of those kind of moments recently, haven't you? Uh, I'm seeing some funny looks out there, as if maybe that's not the case. Uh, That was actually not quite the case for me last night either. That wasn't exactly what my evening looked like, and... And I think the truth is, for many of us, this, uh, this Advent season leading up to Christmas, it can sometimes even be anything but peaceful. Uh, the, the tree is not perfectly hung. The lights aren't beautifully strung. The presents maybe are half-bought, half-wrapped, half-paid-for, if we've even started. There, there are still the cards to write and parties to RSVP to, cookies that needed to have been baked yesterday or or last week. This is the kind of the time of year when the crunch is really on and maybe maybe the the disappointment of unmet expectations begin to creep in, right? We we hoped and planned that this year would be different, that we would hang all of the lights and have all the presents wrapped, but none of that is happening and we're busy and we're rushed. Life is chaotic and hurried or maybe things just don't have that picture-perfect feel to them. And, and so much of our lives this time of year can feel anything but peaceful. If you can resonate with that feeling at all, <laughs> I, I think you can resonate a little bit with John the Baptist. Uh, we read about him in our reading for today. Um, if you can remember, John the Baptist was the cousin of Jesus himself. He was the man who was sent by God to prepare the way for Jesus, to to point to the people around him and say, hey, that's the one. That's the man that we've been waiting for. That's the Messiah. Uh, John had preached to thousands of people in the desert. Crowds had come to hear him give his uh, sermons of fire and brimstone. He had baptized by the hundreds. Uh, But in our reading for today, all of that had changed for John. There would be no sermons that wowed, no more baptisms by the hundreds. John was in prison. He had traded in his clothes made out of camel hair, his his belt made out of leather that he was so well known for. He had traded them in for chains and shackles that bound his wrists and ankles. Life 
Maybe like for you this Advent, was not meeting his expectations, I would imagine. He, he never expected to become rich and famous because of this. That's not why he, he got into this career. But he, he couldn't have expected his life to turn out this way. He wanted to do God's work. He, he wanted to preach to those people. He wanted to point the way towards the Lord. But, but here he was in prison. So much of his life's work gone, maybe feeling like it was for naught. And so, in the midst of his confusion, in the midst of a total lack of peace, he sends some of his friends to Jesus. And he has a very important question that I think maybe some of us have wondered about too. He says, Jesus, are you the one? Are you the one that we've been waiting for, or should we wait for and expect someone else? Are you, Jesus, the Messiah, John thought? I I thought you were. I told people you were. I I pointed in your direction, but it doesn't look like you are right now. Jesus, are you the Savior? Because I could certainly use some saving. Jesus, are you the Prince of Peace? Because this world, my life, doesn't look very peaceful right now. So are you the one, or did I get it all wrong? Maybe you've wondered the same. You came here to church every week. You, you thought that Jesus was the one. You had hoped he was. But life isn't turning out the way that you thought it would. Uh, life isn't as peaceful as you hoped it would be. Uh, the, the, the truth is, brothers and sisters, I think that there are many things that rob us of our peace. Not just this Advent season, but in life in general. There are many things that take our peace away. And we could talk for hours probably and share stories about that. But, but today I'd like to focus on three main things that tend to rob us of our peace and take our peace away. Three broad categories if we could. Uh, the, th- the first of those is sin. And we could point the finger a lot at the sinful situations, sinful hurts that have been done to us that cause us to lose our peace. But, but today I'd like to start by pointing the finger inward at ourselves because the truth is I think that the, the much of the, the reason why we lack peace is because of us. <laughs> We've caused problems for ourselves. We are greedy and we gossip, we lie and we lust. We want the newest or best whatever. When we are materialistic and consumeristic. And this sin, which is inside of us, causes all sorts of problems for us. It causes guilt. We, we feel guilty for the things that we've done, and that guilt keeps us up at night. We're afraid sometimes, afraid of what God thinks of us or what he'll do to us or what people will think of us when they find out who we truly are on the inside. And because we're guilty and we are fearful, we lie. We compound the problem and And then we're even more afraid because we don't remember who we lied to to cover up that other thing. And this sin so quickly robs us of our peace. And then there's Satan. Uh, The world tends to convey Satan as this kind of cartoonish creature, right, with a red face and pointy horns that sits on your shoulder and uh, whispers into your ear trying to get you to do naughty things. Uh, For most of the world, Satan is about as real as some cartoon fairy tale character. But the Bible makes it clear that Satan is real and he is really working in our lives, sometimes over time. He is, he is tempting us, he is lying to us, uh, and he's accusing us. In fact, that's what the word Satan means, quite literally. Accuser, or another way to think about, about it is prosecutor. 
Satan is trying to prosecute us in God's eternal court, trying to gain another guilty conviction. He's whispering in our ears, accusing us, telling us that we are worthless and unworthy, that we are no good and unlovable. And he wants you to believe all that. And, and very often we do. We fall for his lies. We, we come to believe that we are nothing but a sinner. And so we give up or, or we give in to sin and we, we keep on going and And it is the work of Satan which robs us of so much peace. And then there's the last reason, the last thief amongst us. And it is probably the most unavoidable and undeniable of the three. We can deny our sin, at least for a little while. We can look the other way from Satan's attacks. But when death comes, there is no avoiding it. Death comes is the tearing apart of body and soul that God brought together in creation, is the ending of something that was meant to last for an eternity. And all of us have experienced death, and I think all of us who have can admit that death, the loss of our loved ones, is anything but peaceful. (laughs) And so many of us might look around in our lives today, even this Advent season, and wonder, where is this peace? Jesus, are are you the one? Did Did we get it right, or are we wrong? Many of us don't feel very peaceful. But I want to suggest to you today, brothers and sisters, that our peace is a feeling. Yes, we can feel very peaceful, and I hope that you have uh, at least glimpses of it. But I believe that our peace is so much more than just a feeling brought about by our temporary circumstances. The reason why we have peace as Christians is because because of our standing before God. Because of where you stand with the creator of the universe today, that's the reason you have peace. And I want to suggest today that we have three reasons, uh, three standings before God that give us the peace that we long for. The truth is, brothers and sisters, that all of us here today stand before God by faith, forgiven, delivered, and raised. And because we have been forgiven and delivered and raised, we have peace. So let me just, in our closing time, talk about each of those. Brothers and sisters, you are forgiven. Uh, Jesus has died for you to wipe the slate clean. (laughs) And when God looks at you today, he doesn't see a condemned guilty sinner. He sees a beautiful child that he loves. You are a part of his family. You are his child. And because you are forgiven, you have peace. Here's kind of what it's like. Um, uh, I can still remember the first and the only only time that I received a detention in grade school. Uh, it was a, an awful few hours of my life. I don't remember all the details of why I got it. Uh, I'm, I'm sure I was guilty. But what I remember is the teacher handing me the slip of paper that mom or dad had to sign that I had to bring back the next day to school. And, and I remember getting that piece of paper. And for the next four hours, my life was a wreck. I was filled with guilt. I knew that I had done something bad. I was filled with fear. You know, what were mom and dad going to think? What were they going to say? What was the punishment going to be? How long would it last? How much would it hurt? Uh, Would I ever get into college with this kind of mark? I was a hardened criminal now. How would I ever get married? Who would want to marry someone who had a detention on their record? It was a, a terrible feeling for the next few hours. And I was racked with guilt. I thought about lying my way out of it, you know, pushing the blame, saying it was someone else's fault, maybe forging the signature, uh, doing whatever I could. But, but eventually I handed over the paper. And I remember my mom signing it. And there, wa- there were consequences. There was a punishment. But there was also forgiveness. 
And I can still remember today, almost like in an instant, going from fear and guilt and shame to this sense of peace, (laughs) that I was still loved. Uh, My parents still welcomed me, and I stand before them today, even today, as their child. I'm still a part of the family. I bear the family name. They didn't cast me out, but they continued to welcome me in. And that was an example for me, a powerful example of of the peace that comes from forgiveness. And brothers and sisters, that is the peace that you have with your creator. He looks at you and does not see a, a, a son or a daughter stained by sin, but one who has been washed clean, one that he accepts in by love. You have peace today because you stand before him forgiven. But you also have peace because you have been delivered. You have been delivered from every attack of Satan as he whispers in your ear, as he tempts you and he lies to you, as he tries to prosecute you and gain that that guilty conviction. God has delivered you from that. Uh, He has declared you not guilty in his eternal court of law. And nothing that Satan says about you today holds any weight in God's eyes. When Satan tried to do his best work by throwing Jesus up on a cross, when it looked like Satan had won, God proved that, that he would be victorious as he rose from the grave. You are delivered today, and so you have peace. And finally, brothers and sisters, you have been raised. That deepest pain that most of us ever feel, that unavoidable reality that we live in a broken world God has overcome it and he has raised up all of his children to life everlasting those that you love though they have died yet will they live you though you will die one day yet will you live forever your biography does not end with a closing scene in a funeral home or or, or with a a parting shot of a casket or an urn full of ashes no The closing scene of of your biography takes place in a banquet hall, in a throne room of God's kingdom, uh, a parting scene and shot that will quite literally have no end. You stand before God today by faith as one who has been raised up to life everlasting, and so you have peace. Uh, Brothers and sisters, again, I I know that this time of year can be anything but peaceful, and it is often filled with unmet expectations. There is so much to do in this last week, at at least for for many of us, presents to buy and lights to hang, but, but my prayer is that your peace would not be found in any of those things. True, lasting peace cannot be found in the cookies or in the, in the, the paid-off credit cards or in in any to-do list box that we have checked. No, true peace is found in what your God has done for you and where you stand with him. And you stand before your Lord and your creator today, forgiven, delivered, and raised. And so may you have peace. In Jesus' name, amen.